Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. I am your host, Dylan Bird, here, uh, along here with my co-host, Ryan Winthrop. Look, I, I screwed up that intro a little bit. It's been a long, it's been a long time. It's been almost three months since we have podcasted. I can't contain the smile on my face right now. Uh, look, man, we've been saying for all summer, all this summer, all winter, all off season, last summer after winners at war, we've been saying the moment we hear season 41 cast coming out, we are going to podcast. Finally, we have cast info and I cannot be more excited. The season is just three weeks away. How are you doing, Ryan? It's been a while. Dylan, I am doing great. It is so glad to be back after not only two months of recording, but also a year and a half of New Survivor. Um, I didn't think I was going to make it here tonight. I had a monster that was chasing me throughout <laughs> my house, and I knew that if I didn't devour it, it was going to devour me. So I'm very glad to have made it here tonight. <laughs> Yeah, man, dude, this is, I mean, it's just crazy. It's like, it doesn't even feel real. Like, it's one of those things, you know, you always were looking for new info, always, you know, knew like, oh, eventually season 41 is going to get here. We never knew when it was going to come. And look, we're finally here. I I can't be more excited. All these ads we got coming out. We're going to talk about a lot of things tonight. So I sent a link in the comment section. um, And if not, you could just go and search on Dalton Ross's Twitter account. Um, to pull up the article that he wrote, but he does a normal cast article where all the bios come out. It says their ages, where they're from, occupation, and then ask them a bunch of questions. We are going to go over that one by one, each person in the cast. I will share my screen if I need to, but I'll just advise you to follow along with the article, but we'll do a good job if you're listening to it and not watching. We'll do a good job of just, you know, just describing um, everything that we're talking about. Uh, so that again, if you're watching the, if you're not watching the video and you're watching the, and you're just listening to the audio, then you'll be able to follow along just fine. And basically what we're going to do, we're going to go one by one through each cast member, really excited for that. And then we're going to get into after all this new stuff about the game, as Ryan has already alluded to, uh, Jeff keeps talking about this monster. Obviously we've spoken in the past, we're getting a shorter 26 day season. Uh, and a lot of things are going to be changed up and we know that. So we'll, we'll get into that later as well. Um, Anything you want to say, Ryan, before we get started here? I think what I'm the most excited about, obviously, is a new season and new content, new blind sides and everything. I'm just looking forward to meeting these 18 new faces because we haven't had, not only have we not had Survivor since May of 2020, we haven't had a new cast since the season before, since Island of the Idols. So it's been even longer, two full years since we've added to our Survivor family. I think the current count that I have, Dylan is we have over 590 people who have played this game. So we're going to crack the 600 mark. And I'm very excited to meet all of them. Yeah, no, I mean, after we, especially after we spent all this time, you know, ranking survivors, talking about which guys we want to come back, which guys and girls we want to see come back, you know, all these former contestants. um, It's just crazy that, you know, we're adding to this, to this family of survivors that we have. Um, And look, I'm excited to, you know, introduce some great new players here. Really excited. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Um, all right. So we're going to get started here. Dalton Ross's article. I'm going to go through the bios one by one. Um, the first player that we have here introduced is Sydney. Um, yes, Sydney I'm, I'm, so, go, go for it. Oh, yeah. So I was, I'm just going to give some info uh, for those who are, again, who, who are just listening. Um, Sydney, from Los, originally from Los Angeles, now a law student in Brooklyn, New York, 26 years old. Um, so I'm just going to read down like some of the categories here of stuff that Dalton asked these players. So he goes, hobby, three words to describe you, pet peeve. What is the accomplishment you're most proud of? What is something that we would never know from looking at you? Who is your hero and why? 
which past survivor will you play the game most like and why do you believe you could win survivor so again we're not i'm not going to read through every single answer here for every single person otherwise we'll be here all day i'm just going to point out the things that to me um stood out and you know i i mentioned which uh a question which past survivor will you most play the game like and that is something that i look at very intently and not not the way that you would think i i look at it like i don't look at it if like if somebody says tony I'm not being like, oh, this person's going to be Tony. For me, that's a red flag. Because if you say that you're going to be Tony, if you say you're going to be Russell, if you say you're going to be Boston Rob, that's, in my opinion, that's a problem. Because we already know that there's never going to be a Tony again. There's never going to be a Boston Rob. There's never going to be a, you know, Kim Spradlin. Like, all these players are so great, um, so unique. It's just like, to, to have your expectation that you're going to be like them in my opinion, it lacks social awareness. So for me, I'm looking for kind of off the map things and like, hmm, interesting that you would compare yourself to this person. To me, it shows self-awareness if you name someone interesting. And one thing that stands out with Sydney here is she says that she will play the game most like Natalie White. She was able to, she, and then she goes on to say she was, quote, she was able to assess her place on her tribe and in her alliance while consciously nursing Russell's ego. Her social awareness is something that I admired. For somebody to compare yourself to Natalie White, that is a type of awareness that I think is very impressive. Obviously, Natalie White is somebody who has never returned, um, somebody who is not considered a top-tier winner at all. In fact, a lot of people think that she shouldn't have won the game. Obviously, not going to get into that. Um, you know, Obviously, every single winner deserves their credit. Um, but for her to name somebody as under the radar as Natalie White, in my opinion, it speaks volumes. She clearly has knowledge of the game. Clearly, she's going to go for that social game. And that, to me was very impressive also she says she speaks five languages so obviously english and then spanish italian portuguese french sydney is a law school student immediately from all these things off the bat i'm i'm pretty pretty confident that i like sydney's chances um going forward here she seems to be very well-rounded and very self-aware also seems to have you know just kind of everything needed to succeed in survivor that's my first take here yeah, no, I, I like a lot of what you're saying. Uh, before I share my thoughts... Oh, do you hear an echo? No, I'm good, I'm good. You're good? Okay. Um, I was going to say, if we can, do you want to flash up their pictures on the screen, or is that going to get too complicated with the screen share? We don't have to, but just so people, in case they haven't seen the cast... Yes, just... yes I will get a screen share going right here. Okay. Uh, but while, while I get that up, you could go on of what you were going to say. Yeah, no, I think obviously Sydney, like you said, she's a law student. She seems very, very bright. Um, also, I not only read the Dalton Ross article, I read uh, Mike Bloom's parade article. And then on YouTube there and on Instagram, there were a couple of uh, short videos I watched. So I got to actually see them speak. Because for me, another thing that I look at is obviously you can have a great bio, but if you come across very either bland or very you know uninteresting or you come up way too confident and fast in your videos how is that going to relate if you're talking to someone on the island so the bios can be an a plus but you have to also come across personable in the videos um so sydney yeah i think 26 uh pretty good age i always feel like for me one thing i look for is also your age because you don't being the oldest is obviously a disadvantage but i think also being the youngest is another disadvantage because you haven't had a lot of life experience you can get duped you can get deceived and you just haven't had that background to kind of deal with different things that might arise uh, again i said I, th I said before sydney seems very very bright um obviously very intelligent um one thing that i picked up on her my only red flag <laughs> you actually said it when you said you feel confident about her chances so far 
she came across as very confident. Um, not only is that one of the words she says to describe her, but in her video, Dylan, in case you didn't see it, she says that I can turn down my amazingness to be the best, but not be the best. So she knows that she can't be the front runner in the race, but I'm not sure how well she can turn it down. To me, she could either be a front runner and go far in this game, like uh, Christian says, where she can make the merge, or maybe she doesn't win. Um, she also could be a pre-merge strong boot, like an Italia from David versus Goliath, or like a Chelsea from Islands of the Idols, or maybe even like a, um, a Molly from Islands of the Idols. So I think that there's the potential for Sydney there. However, I just worry that her confidence and how intelligent she is might seep through so she's got to keep that in check I, I think like alan ball once said dylan i'm not crazy i'm confident so let's see if she can turn down the confidence yeah i think you make a very good point about being confident but there are some others that i'm much more worried about in that category than her mm. uh, i think if you see if you succeed in survivor you have to have confidence but it's just to what point is that confidence mm. going to show through and to me amongst first impression here that did not like bother me really for her but it did for some other people but we're going to move on here yeah. to danny mccray 33 year old ex nfl player from texas um there were a few things that uh that you know shine through here you know in terms of danny so first of all he went back to school after he finished uh in the nfl and got his mba that is pretty cool um but one thing that made me laugh at his bio um is the fact that his first pet peeve is lying good luck danny that's that's what i have to say about that and again it doesn't mean um it doesn't mean he's not going to succeed in this game um but obviously if somebody's pet peeve is lying then you're probably going to have a tougher time especially when you're getting lied to constantly so we're, i'm curious to see how he adapts considering he put that as his first pet peeve um also lack of accountability i mean this is these are all things that could you know annoy someone very easily in survivor um so i am curious if he's going to be you know, somebody who gets very easily annoyed by this stuff, or this is just, he's talking strictly his actual life and is going to put a lot of this aside um, once, you know, he does play the game. Um, also, he says he's going to try to play most like Ben, which is, I think that's interesting. Um, kind of like a random, obviously Ben won the game, but it is a random person to compare yourself to. Um, he says he, he, he would be seen as a strong physical player and also like how, liked how Ben out quote unquote outworked everyone in the tribe. Um, so look, I, I do expect, uh, Danny to be a, uh, physical asset to whatever tribe he's on immediately. Um, we'll see, um, if he could adapt to his pet peeves and really put those aside for this game. Cause he's going to have to do that. Yeah. Uh, ex NFL player, Danny, a uh, safety for the Cowboys. I think also Alan ball was a safety as well. I think survivor likes their defensive players uh, as opposed to the offensive players. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, like you said, right away, biggest red flag. If you know how to read these bios is lying not great for a game of survivor of manipulation and deceit. Um, I mean, listen, that will make him a very good Alliance member. If he goes to his uh, tribe mates or a few key people and says, I will be an ally. I'm not going to turn on you. Think like a Ken from millennials versus gen X. He's a good ally. That being said, he would be a bitter jury member if you turn against him and yeah, he's not going to be a, a super big threat strategically. So I just wonder how well he'll fare in the game again he can make it very far if he's a great alliance member that's not going to lie or bend but can he really outwit other people that's something we need to look out for um i do think he'll make the merge obviously being as fit as he is i think he'll be an asset to his team unless they want to take a shot before um before the merge i think the, the key thing here to figure out is that there are going to be three tribes when we start the game so you know if you get rid of some of those strong players early on you're going to be at a massive disadvantage 
in the pre-merge and you're going to lose your numbers. So I think that Danny will stick around for a while. Um, playing like Ben, I, I personally feel like that's not a great thing. I mean, Ben obviously, <laughs> listen, Ben knows how to find idols. Ben uh, is very physical and can win challenges. So I'll give Ben the credit for that. But if you're saying, I admire how he had his back up against the wall, I really hope, Danny, that you don't want to have your back up against the wall because then you're going to really be struggling to get from round to round. Um, and I think it's like you said earlier, actually, with um, Sydney saying, Natalie, I also do agree with you that you have to look for who these people are saying. If they're saying that, oh, I'm not like anyone else who's played this game before. We've had a couple of those people in this cast. That to me says you're either a new fan or you are a recruit. Not always a great sign there. And yeah, to your other point, if you say you're a Parvati, you're a Tony, you're a Rob, there are only one of those players and you're not going to replicate it. But um, I'm, I'm curious to see how Danny does. The last thing I would say, Dylan, is that we always have the uh, athlete curse to consider. So can Danny finally break the curse of the athletes? Yeah, I, I, am, I am curious to see that. Uh, now we're going to move on to liana wallace age 20 so there's first of all one thing i did realize before i get get into uh liana here is there's a lot of very young people in this game um which should be interesting definitely you know and we're going to talk about how the game is changing per jeff jeff probes and they're definitely leaning towards the younger demographics so i think that's this is intentional um and like like jeff said it's a new era so it makes sense for them to go younger um but liana here age 20 uh college student um and some a few things that uh a few things that stood out to me about liana is so she says that she was invited to perform a spoken word for congressman john lewis obviously very very cool so clearly somebody who's very good with words a uh, good speaker um and then another thing is she, so she did what what exactly what we said that we don't like people's we don't like seeing from people in these bios she said she would she is she she compared herself to tony but she says she would hope to play the game most like tony uh which is kind of like not like really comparing yourself it's like you hope to play obviously everyone hopes to play a game like tony but then she adds in here at the end that she really valued somebody like elaine's people skills i think that's very important um obviously elaine had a you know type of gift in season 39 where she was you know like best friends with everybody like that type of person um so i do respect the fact that she has that kind of awareness um yeah what what do you think of liana um nothing else in particular really stands out here but um what do you I, i'm wondering if anything in particular stole that so uh stood out to you yeah i mean this is just weird to me dylan she's not the only one but we have a couple of people who are 20 and 21 so they were born you know when after survivor had aired so we're finally in that next generation of players which is very shocking and baffling to me i mean i, I knew that we were in a new era but i just never I guess I, when I was a younger fan, I never considered we would eventually have people on who were younger than the show itself. So it's just very weird to wrap my head around. But back to Liana, uh, I think she definitely has potential from what I'm seeing. You pointed out her poetry background, um, the spoken word for John Lewis. So she clearly can put together um, a well thought out essay and a well thought out case for herself if she can make it to the end of this game. I'm not sure if that's something that the others will pick up on, but um i feel like if she gets to the end she can explain her game we always talk about someone like amanda kimmel who's a great player but couldn't accentuate her game and she couldn't you know defend what she did so i feel like if liana can own her game at final travel council she's a big threat there um she is young and like i said i think that being young is young is like a double-edged sword where obviously you're young and you're fit but however you haven't had life experiences to really you know deal with a lot so i wonder how she'll do in this game the only other thing i would say is 
your other point about Elaine, where she wants to focus on authentic relationships and based on who she is and her background, she thinks that she can be overlooked and undervalued, which is a very great thing in this game to lower your threat level. Adam Klein talks about all the time how in this game, the best players are those who can manage manage their threat level. Like if Tony can manage your threat level, anyone can do it. So I feel like if she knows that she'll be overlooked and undervalued, she can use that to her advantage. So I think Liana has potential. Right. I, I do agree with that. Also, one thing uh, here that I missed when I was first going over this is that she spent a portion of her childhood in Tokyo and Singapore having different backgrounds is definitely good for this type of game. Yeah. Um, well, oh, can, I say one, can, can I say one last thing, actually? Yes, yes. Go for uh, it. This is a, a, quick, a quick aside note, because we're focusing mainly on, you know, um, who they're going to play like and a couple of other factors. I do want to get back to the pet peeves for one second, because a thing that I saw a lot, and I don't know if you noticed this, why did like four or five people say their biggest pet peeve is loud chewers or people that uh, <laughs> chew with... Did, did you see that? A lot of people have the same pet peeve. And granted, I think it's also not great when people chew loud or chew with their mouth open, but for like four or five people to have that same exact pet peeve was pretty weird to me. That is pretty funny. And look, it shouldn't be a problem because they will not be eating often. <laughs> but, they're, but They're at a lack for food for sure. Yeah, but what I was going to say is growing up in different... Uh, areas of the world could definitely help your ability to adapt fast so i think that that will help liana in this game now moving on to brad a uh, 50 year old guy from wyoming rancher uh immediately off the bat we say this is going to be a guy who is going to work hard around camp a guy who is going to definitely help at the very beginning on day one build that shelter um this guy has lived a interesting life. As he says, he is a private, uh, private pilot enjoys flying and nearly died from rattlesnake bike, uh, bite has been blown up by a propane, ta propane tank and likes to live life on the edge. Look, I, I always love listening to these, these wild stories. Um, gave a lot of very short answers. Um, says he will most play the game like Boston Rob. We don't have the same personality, but his thoughtful strategic play is how I see myself playing. Um, very simple type answer there. Um, again, mentions that, you know, he has, uh, you know, he has good social skills, but also a uh, typical rancher, meaning he's hardworking, um, common sense type guy. Um, I don't have a lot of thoughts for Brad, except the fact that we get a lot of these types of people in multiple seasons. It seems like people who, you know, work, you know, on a farm or a ranch every single day, um, and, you know, those people will have no problem adapting to survivor-like conditions, that's for sure. Yeah, he likes to live life on the edge. Hopefully he doesn't mean the uh, the edge of extinction. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was so weird to me when he says, I think I can play like Boston Rob, but we don't have the same personality. Like, do you know how much of Rob's game is entangled in his personality and how he commands right. the room? Like, hey, Brad, you're going to do this. So, like, I, I'm really curious to see what Brad does. Um I mean, Christian said in, in the chat that he could be a control freak. I definitely got a similar vibe when he says that he just hates a lack of initiative. I really hope he doesn't go too old school and he gets uh, put on a six-person tribe with a couple of youngins and he's all about building the shelter and he gets left behind right away. So not great signs for Brad, in my opinion, right away. He could surprise us. He's also very tall, Dylan. I saw his video um, he says that he's six five. He's he's a big guy. Um, the picture may not show it, but he's he's tall. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I guess I would say just my final thought is not a ton here. I think we've seen a couple of ranchers or farmers like Brad before. 
I feel like typically they make it usually pretty far in the game. Oh, maybe there's someone who's loyal. There's somebody who, you know, won't be trying to scheme behind your back. So I feel like Brad, I'm not saying he could be a pre-merge boot. However, if he really drills down on, on the lack of initiative and gets in people's faces, he could go pretty early. So we'll see. Yep, I'm in agreement with all of that. Not much else to say here. Moving on to Erica, um, another Canadian contestant, 32 years old, uh, currently lives in Toronto, originally from Niagara Falls. Um, so a couple of things here is that, you know, she says that, so she, she had an answer here that I thought was extremely interesting and seemingly weirdly confident. And it definitely gives off some type of personality that I don't know. It's going to depend who she's on her tribe with, whether something like this works or not. The question was, what is something we would never know from looking at you? She says, people are always surprised by how smart and articulate I am. I'm quite smart and figure things out quickly. I'm also quick witted. And those who get it are pleasantly surprised. Those who don't, have no clue what they're missing. People also don't believe I'm five feet tall because my vibes make me seem five three. Whoa. So, okay, few things here. Immediately off the bat, that says to me she's gonna be talk a very talkative person. Um, and it, she's gonna have to take that personality and vibe with the other with, with the rest of her tribe mates. And hopefully that doesn't that's not something she's not on a tribe where that's something that would clash. Um, so I, I just thought that was an interesting and very confident answer to give for sure. That was yeah. my, that was my first, uh, first reaction to that. When you said, I'm not going to lie, Dylan, when you said that there was a comment in here that I reacted to, that wasn't what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to go with the past survivor comment. And she says, I'm going to play like Brenda on the outside, Todd underneath, um, Brenda, because she was physically strong, socially aware, and not afraid to show her teeth. <laughs> Take out your teeth. Oh my goodness. I That had to be intentional. I'm like, if that was just an accident, wow, because that had to be a, a Brenda Dawn reference, which I, I loved. Um, that is hilarious. It really is. By the way, going back to the whole thing about the pet peeve with the um, people, a lot of people saying the chewing with your mouth open, a lot of people said Todd Herzog. I have never in my experience reading cast bios in all these years seen this many people reference Todd, which is a great poll. If you're mentioning Todd already, you get a couple thumbs up in my book. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like Brenda and Todd is an interesting comparison. I know from seeing some interviews with uh caramon people you know i mean obviously brenda on the tv edit looks you know pretty strong on the outside but i think we didn't see a lot of brenda and caramon because she was very you know i i heard she was like very sad all the time she was missing her boyfriend um i think she was just more strong and fierce in nicaragua but anyway i really like how she wants to play like todd and you know really um again she's a communications manager so i think she could communicate her game pretty well um but she also to your point might be very talkative so hopefully she can reel it back in um from the videos she did seem pretty fun and when and i thought it was also interesting how she said that people are surprised with how smart and articulate she is like like you said maybe it's because um she says she's five feet tall she does have uh some purple hair so maybe people think she's more offbeat or you know more quirky than she actually is so Again, I feel like a couple other people, Erica definitely has potential. Um, so far, so good, I would say. Yeah, and then another thing she says, why do you believe you could win Survivor? She says, quote, I've been manipulative since before I knew what manipulation was. I relentlessly pursue my dreams. Uh, the great thing is no one would expect it because of my youthful face and small stature. I can make it to the end and I'm confident in my ability 
to advocate for myself at the final tribal. So like she's very intent on, you know, being the Todd, being the social player, being the player who controls the game, but not exactly um, outwardly, maybe appears to be more of a friend while she's really being, you know, manipulative and has control of things and then is able to explain that well at the final tribal council. So I think we have an interesting character on hand here at Erica, definitely with some potential. Now, and, and again, I do want to point out what you said about Todd. A lot of people mentioned Todd in their comparison, and that is definitely very interesting for sure, given that he played in season 15. Now we're going to move on to Jarius here, another 20-year-old from Oklahoma City, another college student. Um, Jarius was someone who stood out to me for sure in the answers. And I'm not sure if I can give a exact, exact quote in these answers. It's just like, you could just tell when somebody in these answers is very well-rounded. And that is something that I think Jarius is. He's somebody who is definitely a fan of the show. Um, he says his hobbies, obviously survivor, and then working with kids, pediatric nursing and athletics. So this is somebody who's very well-rounded. He's used to dealing with people and he's also very athletic. Um, I'm pretty sure he describes, yes, he says he's a two-time state track champion. Um, so look, this is a guy who's very athletic and clearly has people skills. Um, says he volunteers at the local children's hospital because pediatric, quote unquote, pediatric nursing is what I want to do with the rest of my life. Those kids are absolutely my heroes. To know and see what they go through hurts. And yet they still have a smile on their face. Why would I somebody in perfect health spend so much time being angry at dumb stuff like bad weather girls or no milk in my fridge. I'm so much more privileged than they are. I will always have a smile on my face, a laugh on the way because why not? Right? So first of all, this strikes me as somebody who is not going to get angered easily, which I absolutely love. That's that is, that is a major thing about survivor is, you know, obviously some guys get very angry easily and that's not good. He seems like somebody who probably, that won't happen to he's and he also compared himself to listen to this fabio was one of the people he compared himself to now again he does have poverty in there which we say we think is you know lofty but he explains why fabio he says i would love to have quote unquote i would love to have fabio's ability to be underestimated which i believe is the best thing he could be in survivor uh he also says he wants to use jeremy's shield management look this is this is something that i i think I think that Jarius has a great bio here. I think that, again, his social awareness to need to be some to feel like he needs to be somebody like Fabio who could can, who could you know stay under the radar and well liked, extremely important. Also, he has an interesting quote here. When asked why do you believe you can win Survivor, he says, "I've had my hand in every click with the jocks, the band kids, the musical theater kids, popular kids, rappers, academic kids, ROTC kids, quiet kids, and even the teachers that love me." Uh, even now I have a great relationship with the president of our college. I have the it factor that some people just have. I think JT had it, Kim Spradlin. Now I have it too. Look, look, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jarius immediately. He's someone that stands out to me. I think that he, his, his understanding of what it takes to do well in survivor seems beyond his years. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to watch him play What were yeah. your initial reactions. I know I went on and on there, but there was no, a lot of fine. His, his answers were long, and I, and I felt, felt like there was a lot to touch on. Well, not as long as the next person we're going to get to. but um, <laughs> No, but no, seriously, I love this guy so much. I think it's pronounced 
Gyrus, like Cyrus with a J. I'm not totally sure. We'll have to see on the show. I also think. In oh, one right. Of the I did. My bad. I I I switched the I and the mm. R in the in the pronunciation. Mm. That Gyrus. Yes, that is my bad. I apologize yeah. to him. <laughs> it it may not even matter, Dylan, because in, in his one of his videos, uh, he said I'm JD. He might be going by JD. So we'll have to see. Um, okay. Okay. Anyway, I really like this guy. In the video I watched, you know when you, you meet somebody, whether it's in person or in these bios, and you immediately smile and you can't help from smiling? Out of everybody that I looked at so far, we're on person number six. Right away, he was the first one that made me like just smile from seeing him. The way he talks, he comes off as so friendly and so engaging with people. And maybe I'm biased because I also was a tour guide at college and he's a tour guide as well. That speaks a lot to your people skills and how you communicate and how you present to an audience. I got great vibes from him and I have to eat my, eat my words, honestly, because I said earlier, Oh, if you're 20, you may not have had a lot, a lot of life experiences. You can't deal with, you know, what a 30 year old has gone through. Maybe they've had a lot of hardships. I was floored at how much Jairus has done in his life between, you know, you know, being the tour guide and, you know, being a, a, a kindergarten teacher assistant, but he also volunteers at his children's hospital. He's a two time, uh, track champion. His dad was in the military, so he's traveled all over the U.S. and some all over the world. He just, he really came off as energetic, but also intelligent. And I think if he has the effect, or it's one thing to say you have it, and it's another thing to have it. If you are another version of a JT or a Kim where people are going to flock to you, and they're not going to want to target you because they all think you're going with them to the end, this guy could be a major endgame threat. Maybe I'm overhyping him. Maybe I'm just so in the zone, but I really got good vibes for him right away. Yeah. I mean, one thing that he'll have to do is if he is entirely so likable, um, we'll see how easy or hard it is for him to hide his target. Obviously we saw a player like Christian um, and David versus Goliath was just so likable that everyone knew he would win if he got to the end to the point where it didn't even matter. The first time he, you know, didn't win immunity. Basically he was going to be in trouble. Um, obviously Christian, you know, found some idols to, you know, make it a little bit further in the game, but, uh, ultimately he was one of the people that was never going to get past a certain point because of how likable he actually was. So we'll see if, you know, like you said, JD, if that's what we're going to call him, we'll have to find out once the actual season starts, yeah. um, or the, yeah. or whatever, another interview is released with him. Um, going to have to see what happens there. Um, but again, I think that there's a lot of potential here for him and I'm really excited to watch him play. Um, we're going to move on now to Eve. Is that how you pronounce it or Evie? Do you know? I, I think it's Evie. I think it's, Evie. Uh, yeah, Evie. I, I need, I need some work on my name pronunciation, but it is, <laughs> it is what it is. All right. 28 years old, originally from Westchester, New York now lives in Arlington, Massachusetts, uh, PH, uh, PhD student. Um, now one thing that I saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about was that she says her pet peeve, pet peeves, men, not all men. I cannot stand. Uh, machismo or mansplainers anything like that drives me insane uh i deal with a lot of know-it-all male energy it's a lot and then basically goes on and on and on and on uh, about that so i know people were like kind of thinking that that was hilarious um on twitter um and she was one of these people who gives very very long it's a long, long bio it's, it's a, a long, long bio, bio long answers um, somebody who seems like she's going to talk a lot. Obviously, she mentions Aaron in China, which we all know. And she mentions Todd again, so obviously a big fan of the show. Uh, mentions that she wants to you know, be like Natalie in the fact that she does a really good job of hiding her threat level and controlling the game at the same time and letting other people control. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know your first reaction to Evie. 
because I there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. Everything I saw on Twitter was the pet peeve men. Like that's the tweet. Like that was it. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like when it comes to these long bios, because I think I saw this on on Big Brother this season. Uh, those who really have a very long bio. I feel like they could come off as annoying. I, I feel like maybe they can dial it back once they're actually on the show, but right away it screams to me that you like to talk a lot. So it could be something that is a, a knock against her. Um, she, again, she obviously is very, this is a very intelligent cast on, by the way. Like I just was shocked yeah. at a lot of the occupations we had. She's a PhD student. I think the video said she's getting her PhD in evolution, human evolutionary biology. So she is very intelligent. Um, uh, I feel like, yeah, I feel like if she gets put on a tribe, with someone like a uh, Brad, someone who is going to mansplain about the shelter and going to be uh, being all macho in terms of, you know, building the shelter and getting things done, they're going to butt heads. And I feel like if, let's just say her and Brad are on the same tribe and it's only a six person tribe, there's very few places to hide. She could go far or she could go out very early. I'm leaning towards her going out early, but she could surprise me. I will give her one positive though. Obviously a Todd mention is always great. But I liked how she said in one of her answers that um, she wants to stay close to the center of power. She doesn't want to be the shot caller. She wants to be the like the number two. And I feel like if she can constantly shift and if a new power player arises and she can become the new, new number two, we can see if she's a great player because she can avoid being the next number one. And she can keep staying at, at like a number two or three and she can keep skating by. I think she could go far potentially, but I worry and first thoughts from the bio, she could be out early. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly, it's going to just depend on who she aligns with and who's in her tribe. I think that's going to be a major um, deal breaker or help to her, depending on what that is. I mean, you're right though. Luck is a big factor. I know a, a thing that we see all the time is luck is a big part of survivor and those who kind of discount luck, you know, you're not really understanding the game. I mean, Tom said it to Russell at the heroes versus villains finale, where it's like, you know, this game is like a, a third strategic, a third physical and like a third luck. Cause there's a lot of luck. If she gets put with the wrong people right away, she could be out early. So we'll have to see. Yes. I, I do agree with that. Now we have Ricard 31 years old um, from Washington flight attendant. Um, one thing that I actually saw is that he is friends with Kelly Wentworth, which is interesting. I did see this on social media the other day. Um, so look, that'll be interesting to see. Um, maybe he mentions it on the show. Maybe he doesn't. I'm kind of curious to see, honestly. Um, he sees somebody, he record seems like somebody who is again, very, how do I describe it? He's going to be like a, like pretty good at understanding people. Um, and the reason I do think this is he says he's deaf in one ear. He focuses a lot on reading lips, fluent in American sign language. So kind of just, you know, he's very good and be very good at probably picking up body language signals like that. I think that could be very, very helpful. Um, he says, he says he'll, he'll play the game most like Aubrey, which I, again, I think is a very thought out comparison, um, which, and again, Aubrey, somebody who had a lot of success in this game, um, says he could, he believes he could win survivor cause he get, he has the ability to show kindness, but also not, uh, take certain attacks and situations seriously. Uh, that feels like most players downfalls. Um, they succumb to the emotions and get voted out. I have awareness of my well being while also being very observant of others and loyal, but not to a fault. So Ricard seems like somebody who's going to probably work his way through this game very socially. Um, I think again, and again, I think that his ability to read, you know, like he says, he says he could read people very well. I think that he has, does have potential because of that. 
Yeah, I mean, he's a fan of Aubrey, but was that a little bit of a shade thrown at her where he says Aubrey Bracco, but win? Um, also, <laughs> well, I have to. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I also have to give him credit because one thing, Dylan, that I'm not good at is reading lips. Uh, I suffer with that greatly. So, <laughs> listen, if, if he can read lips and we have a lot more of these live tribals where people are whispering and, and going around, he could benefit a lot from that, uh, especially if he can also read body language. I think back to a couple of key tribal councils where people are whispering, but also people are, are reading where people's eyes are looking and who maybe they're motioning to. So he could be... A powerful alliance member if you can get in good, good with him i think he definitely has potential there he does seem very social um my oh and i do i think he could be a good fit for the game i do see him going pretty far my one critique if i had to say one is he seems very like you said spontaneous he um well like he says in his bio he will move to another state on a whim and he's very go with the flow and he's not afraid to you know make those jumps which is very admirable but in Survivor, that could make him either adaptable or could make him very wishy-washy. It can make him maybe jump to the wrong conclusions or jump to a wrong alliance or I'm going to take a huge swing just for the sake of taking a huge swing and it could backfire. So we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, I think you do make a good point. Personally, I think that he'll be adaptable, but we'll also have to see whether he is you know, too quick to jump at a time like that or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, but interesting with Ricard here. Now we move on to Chantel Smith. 34 years old, originally from Toronto also, which is the second person we've had originally from Canada. Now More lives Canadians, yeah. Yeah, now lives in Washington, D.C. Um, with Chantel here. So what we got is, so she is a pastor. Um, hobbies running, improv, acting, comedy, and dancing. So if her, it, okay, it, first of all, if her hobbies are improv, acting, comedy, and comedy those are three things that i say okay if you could act well if you could improv well that's pretty good if you're funny that's also pretty good make people like you so i think that you know what look i think that's a good start to her bio um i've look i've been talking a lot off the bat here first so i want you to get your first reactions in before i take most of it we'll go for oh, the second yeah half. yeah you you ryan you take the for the second half here you take the first impression because i feel like i've been talking a lot so i'll give you that opportunity first and then i'll react to what you have to say no, I actually, it's funny that you were saying that I was counting as we were going and I think she actually is number nine. So yeah, when we get to Nasir, who is next, I'm very happy to take the reins and give my thoughts first so you can react. I, I was right, thinking cool. the same thing. Um, yeah, so she is a pastor slash comedian. I don't think it says it in this article, but I know when Martin first showed the cast, she was a pastor slash comedian. So obviously she sees herself as very funny. If you come across funny and likable, that will take you very far in this game as a jokester. So right away, good points there. Uh, I was, um, she's 34 years old and it looks like she's had a very difficult past. She's had a couple of uh, demons in her life. She says, what would you um, not expect to know about me? She she was in a gang. So she's clearly been through a lot. I think in a game like this, and we'll see this with a couple other people, when you've been like, beaten down and when you've been like dealing with a lot in life and you're going to have a, a tough game like survivor especially season 41 which is going to be even more physical and demanding i feel like no pun intended she can like weather the storm she can really get through it um it's she it says here that she'll play like kim ty and parvati which is an interesting mix uh again always love to see kim spradlin mentions and if she does have that high tolerance for pain and suffering, like I said, that would be very good for the season. And then in her videos, I also thought she had some good energy as well. Yeah, I think that Chantel has a lot of um, potential here. I know that you mentioned she has a tough past, or at least it looks like. Um, that's something that obviously Survivor is a tough game. So if you have experience with tough experiences, 
if you have experience with tough things that have happened in your life, then I think that it could help you, you know, able to deal with uh, some of these situations. Obviously the fact that she's funny should lead her to being a good social player. And she also happens to list three great social players as players that she is going to play like Parv, Ty and Kim. Um, Ty, she says when it comes to idols. So I think that's funny. Clearly she's looking to be aggressive in this game. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Shan's help play. Um, yeah. Oh, you have anything else to add before we move on? Yeah, no, I was going to say one last thing, and then I'll start with the back nine of people. Um, I was just going to say, I'm curious to know if she'll tell people about her past, because I wonder if she really uh, has a great story. Are people going to be afraid to let her get to the end, especially if she is funny and likable and she's a good speaker? She's a, she's a pastor. Um, I'm wondering if she's going to share her past or if she doesn't choose to share it because she might see it as a target on her back. I'm going to be curious to see how she brings that into the game, possibly. Yep, I, I do agree with that. That is a good point from you. And now we're okay. going to move move on here to Nas, uh, Nasir. Yeah. yeah, give uh, you more. Yeah, I'll give you more of a talking break. Uh, so I'll start with the back nine. Yeah, so then go you can, go you, for it. Go for it. We got a uh, a lot to talk about with Nasir here. Uh, okay. He's somebody I'm excited to talk about. So yeah. Okay. I'm quickly looking over his bio one more time. So I don't know if he said it here, Dylan, or if he said it in his video. Do you know how he learned to speak English? I don't. He learned English by watching Survivor. Wow. Which is a amazing story. Uh, he's, he, uh, he comes off also very fun and likable in his videos as well. If you haven't seen those, I'll, I'll send it to you and I can try to post it in the chat also. But um, like his three words say, he does seem authentic, outgoing, and hardworking. I mean, this is a guy with his background where he says that I, you know, I, and also this is the first South Asian male on Survivor from Sri Lanka. I think Natalie and Nadia also came from Sri Lanka. So it's great to see more representation there. I mean, when this guy says that he was living in a mud hut with no running water or electricity, and he didn't have a cell phone or technology until he was 18, and then he had to come to this country and he's now raising a family and he's a sales manager. Like this guy has had a very packed life and again like i said with chantal um chantal excuse me if this is going to be a demanding game even more than normal and he's been through these conditions all his life he's going to be somebody who i feel like can again weather the storm he's going to be out here where everyone is cramped up in the shelter and praying for the storm to end he's going to be just out here dancing in the rain i feel like he will do very well um i he says that he's original and he won't play like anybody else again that could be a red flag for me um he learned English from watching Survivor, so clearly he is a fan. So I, I, I don't want to say that him saying, oh, there's no one like me, that doesn't mean he's a fan. I won't say that. I just feel like he could have maybe pulled from one of the 590 people and said, I'm I'm the most similar to X or I'm the most similar to Y. Um, if he can keep people entertained and do well in challenges and lower his threat level, I think he could make it far. I feel like he's a guy, and also I would I would hope that he um, he's able to fit in and people you know can give him a chance and he can really do well in this game. I feel like my gut my gut feeling is if he can get past the first couple of votes and he can make it to the merge, I think he could be a really strong player possibly. Yeah, uh, I was blown away by his backstory. Um, I, I mean, look, I this could be one of the most unique and maybe even one of the most just wowing backstories of anybody who's ever been on survivor. I mean, to live in a remote village where you have no technology until you're 18, no running water, um, an outhouse for a toilet bathed in the river behind the house. He literally lived survivor for 18 years growing up. And he even said that. And I think it was an interview. Um, like these conditions will not be hard for him. He, uh, him going on survivor 
the challenge for him is going to be advancing himself in the game more so than the conditions. The conditions are not even going to be tough for him. Uh, at least it seems based on uh, his background. Um, and that's, that's just, that's just, that's something that we haven't, we haven't really seen before. You know, there've been players who have obviously adapted easily to the such to the, uh, conditions and players who haven't, um, but like nothing, like nothing like this, where it seems like that he literally lived it for 18 years. So I think that he'll have no problem with that, which is great to see. Um, also does seem like a very likable person. So I think that Nasir is somebody who could do very well in this game. Uh, but again, if you are, if you're so, you know, if he even, I, 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 I think it'll be interesting to see if he tells people his background, because if he tells people that he lived survivor or in conditions like survivor for the first 18 years of his life, is that something that people see immediately as a threat and go, wait, this guy is really going to have no problem going through these 26 days. We need to get him out because he could be a big threat. He could be a lot stronger than some other people. Um, as we go on in this game, just because, you know, he's used to these conditions. So I think that is interesting. Also just his, his success story. The fact that he went, you know, came to the U S from this, you know, remote village he was in and became a multi and says making multi-million dollar sales for his company. I mean, taught himself English. It's just, it's really going to be, Nasir is going to be somebody who's a must watch in the season. It's going to be very interesting to watch. I'm very excited to see it. Yeah. He could be a bigger threat as the, uh, as the merge goes on, I could see him getting maybe targeted towards the end, but I think because of his background and what he's been through, he, I feel like will be a, a super big asset to his tribe early on, whichever of the three tribes has him. So I could see him sticking through the pre-merge possibly. Yep. Yep. I do agree. All right. So now we have uh, Jeannie here, Jeannie Chen, 46 years old, currently lives in Portland, yep. Oregon, a grocery yep. clerk. Um, she had a very short bio, but from what I read and from what I watched, she appears to be somebody who I think is going to succeed socially in this yeah. game. Somebody who seems like she'll be very, very likable. People will want to be around her. People will see her as a loyal ally. That's just the way, that's the vibe that she gives me. Um, she says that's three words to describe her, funny, kind, sensible. Um, that's exactly, that is what I, even without looking at that, that's the kind of vibe I got from reading her, reading her answers. Um Short again, short answers, but I believe maybe it was when I saw her in one of the interviews that she looked like she was just a very likable, uh, outgoing person. Um, they asked what accomplishment she's most proud of, and she says she got a hustle award one year at basketball camp when she was 15 years old. Pretty funny, you know, as a 46 year old woman to say, uh, that's pretty hilarious in my opinion. Um, so clearly she has a sense of humor as well. Um, I, you know, this is somebody who just she says people trust her. Uh, no one will suspect her to be strategic. I, I think that these are all things that, you know, I think could help her. And I, I, I see, I do see her doing well in this game socially. She missed her chance at Survivor 35. She could have been on the Hustlers tribe. <laughs> um, yeah, Jeannie, or as uh, she said in one of her videos, they call her Jeannie Machini. Uh, I, she has a, lo a lot of energy. I think Jeannie's going to be a very fun uh, player to watch, no matter if she makes it far or if she goes out early. Um I like how she said that she plans to have a lot of alliances and options. I think the key here is, you know, are people aware of those options? Like, you know, you think of like a Nick Wilson where, you know, Nick had the rock stars with Mike and he had the thoroughbreds with Elizabeth. And then he had the Mason Dixon with Christian. And I think to my knowledge, many people weren't aware of all those little connections that he had. So if Jeannie can pull that off too, I think she could be a really good player. My only fear that I, and I hate to say this, but I feel like I just go back to the precedent that's been sent, set, set where she is, you know, one of the older people on this cast and one of the older women. And if we go back to survivor history, usually that type of player goes out early. Now, 
anything can happen. I think the last two, two seasons, Dylan, if what they've taught me the most is I have to check my expectations at the door. Someone like Janet, I thought Janet would go out super early and Janet made it to the final five and could have won this game if not for the nullifier. Um, and then I thought, oh, I'm not going to draft Tony in my winners at war draft because Tony's going to go out early again. And Tony lowered his threat level and played one of the best games we've ever seen. So I don't want to go into this with the assumption that Jeannie will follow some past players like in her age demographic. So I'm hoping that she can break that tradition and she can also make a big run at this game. Yeah, I, I, I do. I do agree with that. Um, look, I, anything could happen. And we've, if, 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 if winners at war didn't show it, I, I don't think we know it. I don't think anything could, but uh, yeah, no, obviously what we've seen in the last few seasons, I mean, anything can happen. So, um, all right, we got Xander here. Take it away with Xander, Ryan. Yeah, there we go. Xander, our first player whose name starts with an X. I think we, uh, we've we almost completed the survivor alphabet of uh, first letter <laughs> of your name. Uh, I'm not sure what the last letter is. I, I think it's I think it's Z. I don't think we've ever, no, no, we've, we've had Zane. Um, have we had everybody? I think we may have had all 26 letters now, but there we go. Um, anywho, Xander, 21 years old. He is an app developer, originally from Jacksonville, now lives in Chicago. Um, another young player like JD and Liana in that 20 to 21 range. So, uh, he also is one of those youngins who was either born after survivor or was born when survivor started. So that's again, very weird for me to wrap my head around. Um, yeah, he has a lot of heart determination and passion. Clearly he's somebody who, uh, I think, I think like he says in his bio, in some of his videos, people perceive him to be different than he is. Um, and I think he's going to try to be underestimated. He mentions um, a lot of those young surfer type guys in the past survivor part of this bio where he talks about Jay and Devin. I like both the Jay and Devin picks. Both are great players, in my opinion. I think he could definitely be underestimated. Um, and again, I think in these, in the six tribe format where, you know, there's nowhere to hide. I feel like people are going to maybe want to keep him around for a couple votes unless they want to cut him at the merge or maybe right before the merge. But I feel like if he can get through the pre-merge, I feel like he could be set up pretty well. I think it depends on also who he aligns with. And yeah, he does seem uh, like you said, but some other people, he seems very uh, worldly. He talks about in the, um, the never know what uh, uh, something we wouldn't know by looking at you. He talks about his, you know, he talks about uh, Mandarin, talks about Kepler's third law and, um, you know, Crab Nebula. And he also, I think, did some track as well. Uh, so I feel like he has also, like JD, accomplished a lot and knows a lot for someone who's very young. Um, he, I think he could be underestimated, underestimated Dylan. Yeah, uh, I read an extended article with Xander today. I believe it was from Mike Bloom. And he, you know, echoed a lot of things that you already said, but he said he started his own company already, but he's not going to tell anyone that. Um, I think he wants, he said that he, like you said, he said he's mistaked for a jock type guy. Um, and you know, that's how people perceive him, but he's really on the inside, just a nerd, just a nerdy guy. And he's been like that his whole life. Um, so I, I wonder how he's going to use that to his advantage. Maybe people underestimate him, not think he's very strategic, but clearly he's going to be strategic. He started his own company, uh, says he speaks fluent Mandarin. Uh, this is a guy who, you know, like you said, is extremely smart, gets into a bunch of science in stuff that, you know, we would never know about him. Uh, also seems like he's going to be very athletic, says he competed in Nike cross nationals, which is quote unquote by him, the super bowl of cross country. Um, and people were baffled that his high school team even qualified. He says it was very tough conditions for that. So I think that that could have prepared him for something like this. Um, I, again, I think the fact that he compares himself to Jay, Joe and Devin, again, that's not a, definitely not common people that you would hear uh, compared to. So 
um, says quote unquote, he, he says he would think he would play most like Jay, a fellow Florida, fellow Florida boy using physical powers to get me to the merge, but more importantly, making strong bonds, charming all and secretly thinking hyper strategically. And by the way, the way he's talking in this is pretty advanced for a 21 year old as well. Um, I do expect that Xander could be a big threat in this game. Um, but maybe not, maybe not to the people around him. And that's what could be the most important thing. So I, I, I do think that Xander's stock is high going into this game for me, at least. I would say a pet peeve of mine, Dylan, that both he and I think Liana or someone else had is they don't say they'll be the sole survivor. They say they'll be the final survivor. So for me, you got to be saying sole survivor. He's right. using the wrong terminology. Right. There, I but. did. I did. I did realize that I, I am wondering, uh, what I am. I was wondering actually, when I read this, why people were saying that. I don't know mm. why, but uh, anyway, to move on here, now we have Sarah, who is another interesting character. Yeah, Sarah, 24, um, a healthcare consultant. As a fellow uh, consultant myself, although I do HR, I think it's a great role to have to see problems in a different way. Uh, again, very smart. She went to MIT, but she's not going to tell people that she went to MIT. Um, I think she could be underestimated as well. I think she also has a lot of potential. Um, she wants to play, she wants to play like Kim, which is always a great choice if you can actually pull it off, but there's only one Kim Spradlin. I loved her answer, Dylan, where she says that she wants people, she wants to make other people think the move is theirs. And that is one of the key things to have in Survivor. Obviously we talked about mentioning your threat level, playing a well-rounded game, being adaptable, flexible, but if you can make a move and kind of like Natalie Anderson once said, like, if you can like, you know, be in the passenger seat or be in the back seat, but you're kind of telling them where to drive and they think the move is theirs. That is such a great thing to have. I mean, that's one of the key things uh, that's said in the book, how to win fun, friends and influence people. So I feel like if Sarah can pull it off, she'll be very successful in this game. Good first impressions. Um, I just hope she doesn't get unlucky. I feel like we see a lot of these these young women who are really good at the game and they're and they have a lot of potential, kind of like a Kelly Wetmore in her first season, Dylan, and they get super unlucky and go pre-merge, like Kelly or like a Rourke from uh, Triple H or, or like, like a Chelsea from season thirty nine or, like, or like a Chelsea. So I hope that she doesn't get unlucky, and I hope she can make it far because I think if Sarah can play that strategic and social game that she's claiming to, she could go far. Yeah. And one thing I think she really has going for her now, she's one person out of all the people who has stood out to me a lot. Um, I think again, cause she's one of those well-rounded people. Um, she even mentions that by looking at her, you would not think that she's as smart as she is. Again, she went to MIT. Um, she says that she, you know, works in engineering. She got to work directly on a lung cancer diagnostic device. Um, and she lost her grandfather to lung cancer. So she's very proud that she was able to make a difference directly uh, in this field. So clearly she's very smart. She's working in the medical, you know, engineering field. Um, she says, quote, well, so the, uh, when answering the question, what is something we would n uh, never know from looking at you? She says, I have so many layers, quote, I have so many layers. I come off as super sweet, but I am tough and have the biggest fighting spirit you will ever see. I am absolutely a force to be reckoned with. And I feel bad for the people who underestimate me. No one looks Ooh. at me. No one who looks at me realizes how smart I am just by seeing me. I am young, but I've been through some tough things in my life and have learned how to bounce back from adversity. Mm -hmm. um, I look, I think that I th look, if people underestimate her, I think she's going to do very well in this game. I hope that people don't catch on very early that she is really smart and maybe, you know, a little bit more sneaky than people would exactly anticipate. Um, because like you said, if people are going to sniff that out early, she could 
end up getting unlucky. But I think that if she's able to fly under the radar, she could be a person who does make a lot of moves in this game. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, we are going to move on now to David, uh, who I have a lot to say about based on reading I have, the bio. <laughs> and go for it, Ryan. You could, you could start us off here. I have a lot. To, I think I have the, maybe not the most to say about David, but I have so many question marks on David. The very first thing I got to say, Dylan, is, is he going to be a David Wright or a David Sampson? Like, is this guy going to go far or is he going to be the first boot? Like, this guy is intense. He's a neurosurgeon. He's 35. Um, he is determined, passionate, and stubborn. And as he says, his pet peeve is being around incompetence. And I feel like if he gets stuck on the, on the Dodo tribe of the season, he's going to lose his mind. Um, he wants to play like Russell Hans. Also, I have to say, by the way, the assignment was to name a player or maybe two that you'll play the game most like. I think he name drops like six people in that section. He just keeps, <laughs> he, he goes, Russell. Todd, Natalie, Sari, Wentworth. Like he just keeps dropping people's names. So I'm not sure who he thinks he's going to play like. Uh, like I said, I think this guy could go far. I think he could go first or second. It could. Re- I feel like it's not going to be in the, in the middle ground. He comes off to me as someone who's going to play very aggressive, maybe like Russell-esque or like Tony-esque. But I feel like if you're not like a Tony, you become one of those clones of Tony who kind of uh, goes off in a different direction. Kind of, everyone was like, oh, Joe Mena from Triple H is going to be like the next Tony. And, and Joe is his own guy. And he went out like, I think, fourth after the merge. Like he was like the fourth jury member. But um, yeah, no, this guy wants to play an intense game. He wants to play like a similar aggressive nature like Russell. But he wants to be social. He also names drops Todd, which is really good. Uh, Dylan, what do you think about David? All right, so I think from his bio and the way he's crafting answers, my immediate reaction is easy favorite for villain of the season. Mm. Now, the question is, the the thing is that he will only be villain of the season if he's last long enough to become that villain of the season. And that, to me, is a big question mark because I don't know how long he lasts if he continues. So the way he crafted his answers, he believed that he he kept met, he kept mentioning he was a neurosurgeon and to me that screams that he could be cocky um think he's better than everybody else he says his pet peeve uh my pet peeves quote my pet peeves revolve around people's incompetence laziness and lack of self-awareness when you work an insane number of hours in a week you can't just tol- you you just can't tolerate pure ineptness which to me says all right like clearly he is thinking highly of himself that he works a lot. He's a neurosurgeon. He can't deal with people who are annoying. That's a pro that's problematic in survivor because you're literally living with these people for now 26 days. Um, so I look, I, and again, but he, at the same time says that he's had to process a lot of an emotional stuff in the past. He mentions that, you know, neurosurgeons have to do that. Um, he says that uh, he lost his father to brain cancer, which you know led him to kind of becoming a neurosurgeon. So maybe he does have a soft side that we're just not seeing uh, in this in this bio. Um, but I think that um, I think that he could come off as that cocky player or villain. So I'm I'm kind of, I, I have no idea which way this is going to go. I think it's a complete toss up for him. Like I said, it's one thing to say it, it's another thing to do it. So I can respect him saying, I want to play as hard as Russell did, but I want to have more of a social game. If you can do it, great, I think you can make it far. But if you come off as intelligent as you are and very intense as you are, 
it's not going to work out well. My final prediction, Dylan, is I could see him being, like you said, our villain, but our pre-merge villain. I could see him going out like a Natalie Cole or like a um, a Bradley in Ghost Island where he's going to go out like maybe sixth or seventh, like right before the merge. That's where maybe I could see him go out possibly. Yeah, I think that's a solid prediction. Uh, now we move here to Deshaun. What do you, Desha- we have to say about Deshaun? Deshaun, I like Deshaun a lot. Like JD, when I watched his videos, I, I had that natural smile. He made me smile right away. I guess it's just how he presents himself and how he comes off. He does seem pretty likable. Uh, 26, a medical student. So again, someone else who's in the medical field. Um, his three words are charming, devious, and resilient. He does come off as very charming. And he says in one of his videos that he wants to be very personable, very charming to people's faces, but he'll give us a lot of uh, devious stuff in the confessionals and behind the scenes. So I'm hoping he can pull off that nature. Hopefully, though, people don't catch on to you know him playing you know two sides in a way. Um, his pet peeve is being told what to do. So kind of like I said earlier, where if someone like a Brad and an Evie gets put on the same tribe, but then they can clash right away. I just hope for Deshaun's sake, he's not put on a tribe where he's put with like a Eric or like a Brad where they're telling him what to do and he's not going to put up with it. And he goes for one of them right away. So we'll see how Deshaun does. Um, he had my favorite answer, Dylan, for the the player section. He had my favorite Same. answer. Same, I agree with that. The, the combination of a Suri and Wendell, I love it. Um, you know, I, I've I've been in this podcast, and if Hef ever comes back, we can argue again. But in my opinion, Suri is the best to never win. And if you want to incorporate Suri fields in your game, automatic ten points from me. And if you want to incorporate Wendell, who, Wendell had a great social game and a great physical game, and also a great strategic partnership with Dom. Maybe he sees himself as a Wendell, somebody who can find his number two, technically his, I guess his number one, and they can work together as a twosome in this game and make it far. Uh, I think that's a great combination if you can be Serene Wendell. Um, again, I got great vibes from him already. If I had to give one red flag, he might be a little too confident in his abilities and he could play sloppy if he tries to go hard, but I like him so far. Yeah, I do agree. Um, he also says, quote, um let me find this he says uh i can quote unquote i consider myself an empath and although i may not always appear to i do feel other people's emotions and i do feel strong emotions myself i think i just do an above average job at concealing these emotions to not look vulnerable that could possibly work in his advantage in terms of just like connecting with other people so i do think he'll be a good social player in this game um all right now we're gonna move on to tiffany um, 47 years old, current residence in my hometown, Plainview, New York, which is very cool. Um, occupation, she is a teacher. Um, so a few things that honestly stood out to me here. She says that she hates brushing her teeth before bed and never wash her face. <laughs> That's straight up disgusting. Okay. Um, I, wait, did, I, I, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt you. I, that shocked when I said that Deshaun had maybe my favorite answer out of this whole um, cast article. Tiffany had me the most shocked out of all the, I was like, <laughs> number one, why, why, why would you not do those things? But number two, why would you be okay with, with saying that? I just, yeah. I just, keep going. Yeah. And oh, uh, again, she gives very short answers. So I don't have a lot of immediate takes. Um, she did have a longer article that came out today with Mike Bloom. And I did read that. And she says she actually got engaged while watching survivor, which is interesting. Um, and she says she's, you know, a huge fan, has watched it for years, um, applied four years ago, and now she's here. So, I, I again, I don't have a, a ton to – oh, she also says that she's dealt with a lot in her life, 
if she's had some medical scares. So I think that's interesting. She has a pretty good story. Um, yeah, I don't have a ton of uh, a ton of immediate reactions, except for the fact that I feel like she could be a she could be a motherly figure on the season, and she, or she could possibly just go out early. Like I'm not really sure what to think. Yeah, like you said, super short bio, so I don't have a ton on her. I did also read Mike's article today, and yeah, she has a a very deep story, uh, you know, with a medical condition. So if anyone hasn't read it, I advise you to go check it out. It, it gets pretty deep. Um, yeah, I, I feel like Tiffany, as, listen, like you said, she's from our, our stomping grounds of Long Island. So I would love for her to bring home another win, like a Tommy or a Tom. Um, maybe it's something in the T names, possibly. I just worry that she could be out early. I don't know. Maybe it's just something about, you know, uh, like what I, what I saw in the videos or that she says one of her words that to, to describe her is loud, all capital. She could be, she could come off as annoying, possibly. Um, again, like with Jeannie and like we'll see with Heather at the end, I just hope that she can beat the stereotype of the older woman on Survivor and she can make it far in this game. Uh, right away, I would, if I had to make a prediction right now, I would say early boots, but I feel like she could hopefully get in with a uh, good group of people. Yep, I agree. All right, now we have Eric here, um, who I believe is the oldest male on the season at age 51. Um, but he doesn't look it, that's for sure. Um, which yeah. is which is which is good. He could, you know, definitely fit in possibly. Um, basketball, golfing, reading, so like sports, probably probably like good athlete despite his age. Um, he says that he would construct a hybrid playing style of Richard Hatch, Wendell Holland with the touch of Boston Rob. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Um, so again, pretty short bio um, says he doesn't like when people are condescending um, characteristics of being slothful. So I, he does seem like another guy who's going to be pushing to work around camp. Um, but we'll have to see if he actually tells people to do that or is just like, you know, like he just doesn't like when people are lazy. Uh, he is a cybersecurity analyst, so probably a pretty smart guy, um, I assume. And yeah, again, not a ton to take out from his bio, but you know, I think that he, if he's a cybersecurity analyst, he has some potential. No, he is uh, again very intelligent. He had some good energy in his videos. Um, I have a couple of worries with Eric, and I hope he can prove me wrong. One worry is that because of his intelligence, he might come off as too smart or too controlling, and a couple of young people on his cast are not going to like that. And number two, one thing that kind of scared me in his video, Dylan, was he was saying how this is a marathon, this is not a sprint, and I want to take this game, you know, one day at a time, not three days in advance, and we got to keep we got to keep the tribe strong early, and we got to just keep our group to the end. I think Eric would be a good player in season one through like five, like early uh -huh. old school. That's my problem. I think Eric is an old school player who would do well back then. I think not only in sur late, late survivor would he struggle, but in this new era where it's, as Jeff says, more dangerous, it's faster. It's super intense. You got to devour the monster. I worry he's going to be playing an old school game and he will get left behind right away. I do hope he can prove me wrong, but in this faster game in, in the new era, he could, he could potentially struggle. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. And now for, I believe our last, 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 one. last, our last one, we have somebody who I saw a lot of people on Twitter were liking early and that is Heather age 52 from Charleston, South Carolina, a stay at home mom. What do you think of Heather from your first reaction here? 
I think like with Genie, uh, Genie Machini, I think Heather will be fun. However, if she makes it far, if she goes out pre-merge, I think Heather will be fun to watch. I mean, she says in her bio here, um, where is it? Uh, I know I read it earlier, but I don't want to botch it. She said, oh, what is something that we would never know about looking at you? I have a challenging upbringing. Okay, good. I have a passion for possums. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met somebody who has a passion <laughs> for possums ever. Um, and I cuss like a drunken sunburned sailor. Uh, I, I just, listen, I just hope for good TV. We can see Heather gets the merge. She goes on a reward and kind of like Carl from David versus Goliath gets plastered on a reward. And we just see Heather just go off and have a, just like spill all the secrets. And then she, <laughs> I, I want to see it, but no, Heather, I think she could be fun. Um, as a player, I don't have a, a ton of hopes for her right now. I think she could be another pre-merge boot, but hey, she could make it far. I like how she said in her um, – she had a very interesting past player section where she says, yeah. oh, I'll play like a Rick Devins, which right away I was like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, this just <laughs> in. Heather, say a home ma. So, <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll see how she does. She name-drops Tina Wesson, which is a big name-drop. Um, I feel like a lot of a lot of uh, recent players would not name-drop Tina. And the combination of a Lisa Welchel and a Chrissy Hoffbeck is a very interesting combination as well. So uh, I, I, I really hope Heather can prove me wrong, and I hope Heather can go pretty far. Yeah. Um, my thoughts is she could be a very good social player um, or she could also clash. It's going to depend on to what extent her personality mm -hmm. is in which we obviously don't know yet. Um, I thought that her past survivor name drops were very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Lisa, Chrissy, Tina, all very interesting and good things to say. Um, why do you believe you can win survivor? She says, quote, I'm sharp and observant like an OCD observant. I'm surprisingly very strong and have a ridiculously high threshold for pain. I'm resilient. I'm daring, but careful. I build strong relationships. I'm likable and entertaining. I listen and learn. I will be the person who remembers where everyone is from and what they love on their pizza. I know their stories. I'll know their stories, the kids, pets, etc. I may not like them all, but I have the ability, ability to convince them that I do. I'm, I'll make people smile when they need to. I hope to make all feel included and important. Very important skill for yeah. those are very important skills for social. And I, I think that the fact that she knows that is so important. Like she's going to, you know, if she's really going to connect to these people on a personal level, yeah. she could end up being the mom that goes far on the season. Yeah. Um, and I think that she does have potential because of that. I, I forgot Dylan, who I said this about earlier. I can't remember if it was like, I'm trying to remember if it was like Erica or if it was, um, Chantal. I can't remember who I said it about, but I said it about somebody earlier where I said, she's someone, in my opinion, if she can make it past the first few votes, she could go far. Now, again, I, I don't want to compare her to like a Suri. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying like Suri is somebody who you, if you watch Survivor Panama, you know, Suri was in trouble for the first two votes on the older women's tribe. Suri was one of the names being floated. And then when they, uh, when they went to Kasaya and Lamina, she again was like one of the two options. So I feel like just like with Suri, I feel like Heather is going to be targeted probably early, maybe because of her age or uh, maybe she's not as fit as everybody else. But if she can make it past the first few votes, Dylan, I think she could do pretty well. I, I love what you said about she helps make all feel included and feel important. That's such a great skill to have. Um, 
also I think mentioned in how to win friends and, and influence people. And that's something that we see some strategic players lack, like someone like a Shireen that we see that was her downfall in Cambodia, where Shireen's obviously very intelligent, big fan of the game, but she kind of makes Abby Maria feel excluded. And then uh, Terry and a few other people swoop in and then Shireen's out because they got Abby back. So I feel like Heather could hopefully do well, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, I, I do agree with that. All right, so now that we are done going over the cast, obviously we've been, you know, we've been on here for a while at this point, um, but I do want to quickly go over and touch upon um, what you said earlier, how we were going to talk about how, you know, Jeff mentioned that some more things could change in this season. He did mention what those are. Um, obviously, as, as we said, he mentioned, you know, the re-mentioned that it's going to be 26 days, very fast paced. He keeps referring to a monster. I actually watched a video that Russell made yesterday um, reacting to that. And he said, I don't know if maybe there's something in the season that is actually called the monster. If there's maybe some kind of advantage or disadvantage or some twist, um, or if he's just using that as a, like a metaphor, like that's kind of interesting. Like, I think it is a little bit weird and interesting that he keeps name dropping monster. I don't know. Um, a few things also that he said is that he's going to talk to the audience in the middle of the episode and give us inter- and give us information that the players don't know. Um, so like, I guess like if like an advantage is about to happen, um, or a twist is about to happen, he will tell us what that twist is before the players know. Um, so that should be interesting. I think it's just a way to honestly make it more interactive for younger people that are watching. Also, they will have, um, the game with inside the game for the younger people, which for those people who have not heard means that they're going to have like riddles that kids could solve in the middle um, for quote unquote future survivor players. Um, so look, all that's cool. And I think it's just making the, making more and making things more interactive for the audience. I'm not sure if it's going to actually play an impact in the actual game, uh, but it should be interesting from a viewing perspective. Yeah. These are some interesting things that Jeff was saying. I think the, what I finally wrapped my head around and it took me up until these articles to realize this. I think we all knew that winners at war was season 40 and we were, Jeff's even said during the season when those people lost at Edge of Extinction, when you close the book on this chapter and we're opening up a new chapter, I was like, okay, that's a new chapter. And we're going to see some similar things. Maybe, maybe obviously the break with COVID had something to do with this, but he says in one of his parade articles with Mike Bloom that Winners at War was designed to be the end of an era. And we have really felt that we got everything we wanted and we could have out of that version of Survivor. So we really are starting a new game. He says you can drop the four keep the one this is a brand new game and i feel like it's going to be kind of weird for some older school fans like us people who've been with the show for a long time to kind of wrap our heads around this but i really hope that it keeps the show fresh and exciting and and i'm okay with it being fresh and exciting it's just as long as it doesn't you know take away what survivor is at its root which is a social complex game of strategy and manipulation um i feel like the game within a game could be fun he says it doesn't have any impact on the game but it could kind of connect directly back to the game. So maybe, I, I don't I don't know, maybe maybe this is something where it's like, okay, here's a scenario where, where I'm going to combine the game within a game and Jeff talking to us because I didn't envision Jeff talking to us and breaking the fourth wall here, but maybe what he's saying is back in like Survivor 1 when no one knew what anything was, he would come in the middle of the episode and be like, this is Tribal Council. This is where you'll vote people out. This is tree mail. This is where they get mail. So I'm wondering if a scenario could be, okay, this is the legacy advantage. If players find this at the next immunity challenge, it will keep them safe either at final 12 or final six. So I'm wondering if that's something that he might do 
And to tie in the game within the game, maybe some of the puzzles will relate to some things that got people will see in the game, possibly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, again, uh, I'm, I'm somewhat skeptical, and I, this could sound dumb of me to even say, I'm somewhat skeptical that the game is going to be completely different as much as he is hyping up to be. I just think that there's going to be new aspects that are added. Um, I think that they just, they just need to sell a season in a way. And I think mm-hmm. that they realize that they got a lot of younger fans. So I think a way that they are changing the game up is the fact that they're having it fast paced um, because technically younger, technically younger kids will normally have a shorter attention span. Like I think the fact that it'll be less downtime will probably be more entertaining for kids like that. Uh, I think that, and again, this could all change once COVID ends and they can go back to 39. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, but then also the rid- the riddles, Jeff Probst talking and engaging. This is all stuff to gear to younger fans, the younger the younger cast. The, the fact that a lot of the cast is 20 years old, uh, 21 years old. Um, I, again, I'm, compl- I'm a little bit skeptical on how different the game is actually going to feel. Um, I have a feeling that, and again, he said he said something along the lines of, if you're expecting to see the same as we've seen previously, uh, you're wrong and you're going to be, you're, you're going to be very wrong. And I'm like, and I'm always saying like, all right, is he hyping it up that much? Like I, to me, I think it'll still feel the same. I just think that it will be very game focused um, and very fast paced with a lot of twists, probably, you know, frequent vote outs. Like I, I, I'm not completely sold that it's going to be that different yet for me. That's at least my opinion. He, he, he says Dylan with the twists in, in the us weekly article, he says, there will be some controversial twists. So I'm really hope I'm really, really hoping he's just trying to hype us up and he's not immediately trying to backpedal and be like, all right, give me a chance. You'll, you'll see what it's about. But like you said, I'm excited, but I'm a little skeptical. I mean, he even says like, you know, Oh, we do twists. And you know, whenever, whenever we do a twist that people don't like it right away, like people didn't like idols at first, people didn't like tribe swap at first, but they come to love it. I, I feel like the jury's still out on edge of extinction, but I, I, I just feel like, they're changing up a lot. And again, like I said, I'm okay with them taking big swings and risks because you're 41 season, 41 seasons in as long as you're keeping the core of the game at its whole. And as long as your twists don't screw over the people who play the best game, like for example, edge of extinction, it's a flawed Jeff, when you're kind of rewarding people for getting voted out earlier, because they can get more fire tokens. And someone like Yule has no tokens because he got voted out right before the merge. So it's like, as long as your twists add to the strategy of the game, like, I mean, I guess think like a less powerful extortion where that was super powerful, but that was an interesting type of twist. So I just hope that it doesn't uh, fiddle with things too, too much, hopefully. Yeah, uh, I think that, yeah, I think that a lot of the twists will be new and different. That's what I think is going to be that. But I think that the ultimate game is going to feel the same. That's my prediction. Yeah, I, I guess one more thing I would say is that, again, this is, this is going to be a very fast-paced game. Jeff says in one of his Mike Bloom Parade articles that tribes are going to stay small throughout the season, meaning people have nowhere to hide. I'm fine with us starting with three tribes, and I'm fine with the first few votes being uh, three tribes. I just worry, like, you have to have at least one swap in there because if the tribe has dwindled down too much, it's going to get way too lopsided. Um I personally like two tribes more than three tribes, but I'm hoping that we don't lose some great talent because of the three tribe small formats. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a very good point. We'll have to see what happens with the tribes. He said the tribes are not going to be swapped as much like the, the tribes, like you said, will be whittled down. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. And yeah, I'm excited to watch the season. Um, we're going to see um, hopefully from here on out for a while, we'll podcast every week. 
Um, and you know, I'm sure that by this time next week, we'll have, a, we'll have some more info that we could talk about next week at some point. Um, don't know if next week will be on a Wednesday, but obviously once the season starts on September 22nd, we plan on being there directly after the episode. Um, look, maybe one of the next few weeks we could even try and get, former survivor player on to talk with us who knows we could try to get some people on maybe we have to return to talk about things so we'll have to see what happens in the next few weeks i'm really excited for survivor to get going on september 22nd obviously like normal we'll have a recap stuff uh right after the episode airs live on the east coast um at around 9 p.m every wednesday and then also um when we see fit we'll also add another podcast here and there during the week uh, in addition to the recap so i'm excited for this season it's going to be great to finally have new content to talk about yeah, like you said, Dylan, we have a lot of great content planned, and I'm very excited for Survivor and everything that's going to come next. I think what I not I think one last thing I'll say is that not only I learned this from our podcast tonight, but also from the articles. I've just learned to drop all of my expectations and prepare for a brand new chapter to start. I just I didn't think I realized it when we were talking, and I just think that after this break with COVID, they are trying to redefine Survivor. Because uh, I, I want to just address Christian's uh, question in the chat where he asks. So there'll be no new fire token. There'll be no fire tokens this season, and maybe they'll come back in forty three. I, I may even go as far to say they may never come back. I mean, we also may not, we also may not see returning players for like four, five, six, seven seasons. I feel like they whatever we had predicted, Dylan, in this long off season of what could happen after the off season ended, that has all changed. I think they went back to the drawing board in this last year and said, "How are we going to change up Survivor?" And this is a brand new game. I, I would want to just quickly point out that in did, one of... Did they say that fire tokens are done for officially? Um, I never so, saw anywhere that they're done officially, but I have seen no press so far saying that they're in the season. I don't think they're in the season. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, I honestly don't know. Now, one thing you just mentioned is that um, the fact that we may not see returning players for a while, I think that that is probably something that is... Probably true. I think that we could go possibly the next four seasons, 41 through 44 without returning players. And then maybe a 45 is where we first see it again. Um, just because I feel like they want to put some new players in this new era. Uh, or we could be wrong and there could be 143. We just don't know about it yet. So I'm kind of curious to see what happens, but it does feel like they really are pushing this new era stuff. No, I, I completely agree. I just know that when we were talking, uh, I think in a lot of our off-season videos, we said, oh, we think second chance will for sure be like 42 or 43. I feel like... I feel like now that we're in this this new era and we want to see a brand new um, brand new seasons of players get their chance, it may be a while. So I'm just going to be really curious to see you know what happens. What I wanted to point out really quickly um, before we end the podcast is I think a big reason why they wanted to redefine the game. I heard this in one of Rob's podcasts where he does the, the top forty countdown. This was number seven winners at war. He talked about with uh, with I think it was uh, Shannon and Taryn. They talk about. That you know, this is 26 days instead of 39, and it's going to be physically demanding and a severe lack of resources. I think they see the show evolving, kind of like okay, we hated it EOE. We're going to keep the the concept of like how hard can you push yourself, how far are you willing to go in this game to go where it's deepest in yourself and pull it out. I think that's what they want to do. I, I, you think back to the log challenge with Ethan collapsing, and I think they really want to amplify that. So if they don't have EOE anymore, they want to say, fine, we're going to have a shortened season with harsh conditions, and can people beat the monster and weather the storm? So I feel like that's where the show is now heading. So. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we mentioned that if they had log-type challenges in the actual game instead of Edge of Extinction, that could have been something we loved to watch. So. Mm -hmm. I am curious to see what happens, but I am excited to, you know, to get the season rolling. Uh, 
this was a great podcast you know great being back with new content talking about stuff as normal be sure to like this video if you're watching right now be sure to comment be sure to follow us on twitter instagram at soul survivor pod be sure to subscribe uh to our podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify leave us a five-star rating and review and we will we will be back next week with some new content um so i'm excited Yep, Dylan, I am very excited, and I cannot wait to see what comes next. Yes, and should we do our normal sign-off? Oh, my goodness. It's been so long, I almost (laughs) forgot. But, yeah, uh, all right, and thank you for being with us. We have nothing else for you, so grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.